Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Scripture this morning is coming from the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. We find these words in there. If you're taking notes, I have those right on your notes for you. It says this, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth, and he said to him, follow me and be my disciple. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as a dinner guest, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked this question, why does your teacher eat with such scum? And when Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifice. Why, 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 why is that? Here's why. This is why. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Mm. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. This morning, I'm speaking to that group of people. If that's not you, you're dismissed. And nobody got up, including me, because we are all sinners. We're all sinners. Let me me tell you about the significance of this. If we look over the history of Jesus and how he ministered and who he ministered to, uh, he, he was intentional about reaching out to people who were outcasts, who were sinners. And then there was a separate group of people that he had this special affinity for, this special place in his heart for, this, this one group of people that he just loved exceptionally. And if we read the Gospels, uh, we, 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 we encounter how he, he met with these particular group of people on more than one occasion. He, he, he like intentionally had food with them, had dinner with them. And this particular group of people that I'm speaking of are tax collectors. Now, when we think of tax collectors, we think of, now all of us don't love the IRS unless we work for them, right? You know, if you work for them, the IRS is doing something unique for you that they're not doing for the rest of us. They're giving you a weekly paycheck. Whereas the rest of us, <laughs> they're taking from our weekly paycheck. So most of us don't love the IRS. Let's be honest. Most of us don't love the IRS. But this group of tax collectors was not like the IRS. 
Let, 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 let me put you in the place of these people during Jesus' time. See, the tax collectors were actually Jewish people that, 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 that were collecting taxes for the Roman government, the same Roman government that destroyed the temple where they used to worship and forever changed the way religious people worshiped, the same Roman government that kicked the Jewish people out of their land uh, so that they could take it over, the same Roman government that would eventually kill this Christ, the same one, here it is, these tax collectors are Jewish collecting money on their behalf. Now, what made them so despicable was this. Watch this. The Roman government would auction off certain plots. So, for instance, uh, if you lived in a certain province, they would auction off the opportunity for you to collect taxes there. And here it is. The Roman government said, listen, all we need is this small portion. Whatever you collect on top of that, you keep. And so these Jewish people got very greedy. And in their greed, they began to collect way more. They were charging taxes for everything. There was a wash your nose tax. There was a wash your feet tax. I'm joking about that. But there were all kinds of taxes. There was a bridge tax. There There was a tax on almost everything you could think about. I'm dead serious about this. If, you, if, you, if you, you were allotted a certain amount of barley and they taxed you on that, they already said you could only get a portion of that, but even that portion they taxed you on. And the Jewish, the Jewish, the Jewish tax collectors who, who, who were over this, they would raise these, these the prices so high. They would tax you on stuff the Roman government didn't even know about. So this is why they were so despised because in the eyes of their people, they were looked at as traitors. They were looked at as, they, they were hated. They were not allowed to come to temple. They were worse than sinners in the eyes of their people. But Jesus loved them. Jesus loved them. He had an affinity for them. He says, these are the most hated people. These are the most despised people in the land, but I love them especially. I love them especially. Here it is. I want to start with this scripture right here, and then I want to open this up, what what, what it means to follow Jesus. Here's what Jesus says, and here's what the Pharisees say, but we'll start start with uh, what the Pharisees said. Here it is. Watch this. Matthew 9, we're going to go down to uh, verse 11. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? This great man, Jesus, just like them, worshiped in the temple, taught in the temple, Jewish, just like them. Why does your teacher eat with such scum? Why is he hanging out with them? Watch this. This is what they were saying in essence. Here's what the Pharisees were saying in essence. Listen, these people are bad, and they can't hang out with us. In order for them to be a part of us, they have to change. In order for them to be considered one of us, they have to change. They have to know Scripture. They have to stop uh, uh, collecting taxes for the Romans. They have to do this. They have to do that. They have to do all of these things, and then they can be a part of us. And here's the truth. Some of y'all have a current church situation like that, where, where, where in your history as a Christian, you've gone to a church and they say, you know what? You are not perfect enough to be here. You walked in the door with your sins, so you are not qualified to be one of us. That's my church story. 
I stayed away from the church so long because I walked in with two earrings and the pastor changed his whole sermon to talk about young boys being punks wearing two earrings. I was, uh, when I first gave my life to Christ, I was at a particular church up here uh, in, in Cobb County, and, and there was a young lady who, who had never, ever experienced Christianity before in her life, and she just finally fell in love with God, and she loved Him so much. And so she, she did a testimony during this service, which is about 2,500 people at the service, and she says, you know, I love Jesus so much, I went and got a tattoo. And the pastor came right behind her and says, we condemn you because she had a tattoo. And her tattoo was, I love Jesus. Instead of celebrating, he made her feel bad about it. See, we've all got some type of church experience where where we've gone to a place and they said, you know what, you're not good enough yet to be one of us. So, until you get your stuff together, you, you, you can't hang with us. And that's the story of these Pharisees here. When Jesus sat and had bread and broke bread with these, with these tax collectors that were hated, they were saying, how do you hang with those people? You've hung out in our temples with us. You know Old Testament. As a matter of fact, he quoted Old Testament right there, and they're saying, why do you hang out with these people who are not like us, Mr. Jesus? And here's why. Here's why. Where the Pharisee says... <laughs> And this is a whole point of what we're talking about over these next several weeks, where the Pharisees said, you have to change to be with us. Jesus says, follow me and you'll be changed. Where the Pharisees said, in order to be one of us, in order to be accepted, in order to get some of the goodness that we have, you got to change. But Jesus says, let me forever change everything you ever learned, everything you think you know about religion and say it this way. If you follow me, you will be changed. But it starts with baby steps. It starts with baby steps. And let me open this up. Let me, get, let me tell you how deep this is. Jesus, Jesus didn't say this. This is what he didn't say. Jesus didn't say, if you are willing to blank, you can follow me. In other words, if you are willing to stop doing this, uh, you can follow me. Uh, if you are willing to do this, you can follow me. Uh, if, if, if you would just stop going there, y- you can follow me. If you could just stop hanging with that person, you can follow me. No, he said, Come as you are. You can follow me. Listen, listen, listen. He didn't, he didn't say this. He didn't say, if, it, 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 you know, if you belong to a certain group, you can follow me. Uh, if you live in a certain subdivision, we can hang. If, if you're the same skin color as me, oh, man, we're cool. He didn't say any of that. He didn't say if you belong to a, so, a particular social economic group, we can hang. He says, come follow me, tax collector, the most hated person in this time. I'm going to sit at your table and I'm going to eat. And guess who else was at the table? A bunch of other tax collectors and sinners and other hated people. Why did he do that? To model how we should be. There are people in here that can quote scripture better than me and I'm the pastor of this church. There are people that can pray circles around me. There are people that can pray so much, man, that the devil is released right in front of you. There are some people in here that serve their butts off. They're at every outreach thing we do. There's some people in here that, 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 that give, woo, give like nobody's business. You ask for 10, they say, I'm going to give you 11%. I'm just playing. 
There are some people that are really, really phenomenal at doing those disciplines. There are people in here that are really phenomenal at doing those disciplines. But are we really following Christ? Because here's what I know. All of that stuff is wonderful. All of that stuff is great. But if we look at all those things that we're doing, are we following the model? Are we following the example that Jesus placed before us? Are we intentionally hanging with people that don't look like us? Are we intentionally interacting with people that don't sound like us? Are we in, listen, if we, here, 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 here's one way you know. Pause, look at all your friends, not in this room, but if all your friends are in this room, you already started on the wrong path. But I want you to look at all your friends, those you hang out with and you break bread with. If all your friends are Christian, then we need to revisit if we're really following Christ. Huh? If all of your friends are, 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 are of the same race, oh, I'm, 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 I'm getting deep here, right? I'm, I'm, I'm messing with some people. I'm, 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 right, I'm right up in your driveway right now. If all your friends are the same race, uh, we need to reevaluate some things. Huh? If all your friends got money and you ain't got no broke friends, uh, we, we, we need to evaluate, reevaluate some stuff. If you only have friends that are degreed, we need to reevaluate some stuff. And, and let me pause real quick and say congratulations to Tia, who's getting her doctorate tomorrow. And James White, who is not here, who graduated on Tuesday, got his master's. So... So I've always been told this, if you're the smartest one in the room, you need new friends, but I realize I'm no longer that person, so I'm in good company. I'm in good company. But we need to reevaluate those things because if we, if, we, if we hang out with people that look like us and believe the same things we are doing, we are not following Jesus he made it his business to go to go and break bread at Golden Corral with, with, with some of these. Uh, y'all know Golden Corral was around back then. Everything was buffet style. Y'all do know that, right? I'm not making that up. Golden, you, oh, man, I'm going to preach that one day. Y'all going to catch that. Everything was buffet style. They shared everything. You know, you just dipped your hand in. Some of y'all, y'all like, oh, you got some sanitizer. I'm not going to. Y'all so holy. Literally, right now, real talk. Really ask yourself, am I following? Am I following? And some of y'all, because I know y'all, y'all really saved. Y'all like, yeah, yeah. I, I know I follow. Jesus is the head of my life. I, I, I know I'm following. I, he ain't talking to me. But here's what I'm going to challenge you on. It's not enough to believe right and behave right. And some of y'all, your Christianity is behaving right and believing right. You can pray prayers around anybody. Uh, uh, You're always above reproach. You serve when you need to, but it's not enough. Are you following? And as I was unpacking this message and studying and getting, oh man, I was convicted. Because here I am, your spiritual leader, and I says, you know what, B? Man, you're not doing enough. I mean, I'm, I'm above reproach. 
Everything I do, I try to make sure everybody know I'm above reproach. Uh, uh, I, I try to make sure that I give you all sound doctrine no matter what. And I read my word every day. I got my devotion. And if I miss my devotional, I'm upset. But that's not enough. When people look at me, do they first see Broderick, a community leader? Do they first see Broderick, a person uh, who has a beautiful wife? Do they first see the husband? Do they first see the father? Do they first see the mentor? And if they see any of that before they see Christ in me, then I got work to do. But I'm glad I'm not alone. (laughs) I'm glad I'm not alone. I'm I'm just going to tell you all that for yourselves. I am glad I am not alone. Listen, y'all, we dare not become a church or become a group of churches that believe the right things and behave the right way and just stay there. We dare not become that group of people. We, we do all the right things and believe all the right things, and we speak Christianese better than anybody else. Some of y'all are masters at Christianese. Oh, y'all can, y'all can all blessed and highly favored. Y'all know all of them little quotes. God is good all the time and all the time. I told y'all the masters. Y'all can speak Christianese better than anybody. Y'all know all about redemption and, and all of these things, but that's not enough. It's not enough. And listen, today is not a beat you up message. It's not, but it is to stretch you and pull you and get you to a place where you are indeed following. So if anybody ever asks, you can confidently and boldly declare that I am a follower of Christ. I'm not just a believer. I'm not just a person that attends church regularly because guess what? The sum total of your Christianity shouldn't be tied up into how often you attend service. shouldn't be how, how big a check you give, though we need it. It shouldn't be how, how early you get here to set up or how often you pray for people. No, that's not the sum total of your Christianity. It's that plus some. In order to be a follower, it requires some things, and, and we're going to get to that. Am I following? Am I following? Because here's the thing. If all those things become the sum total of all that we are as Christians, then we're no greater than the Pharisees. We begin casting judgment on our own people. We begin looking at other people in a, in, in a wrong eye, just like the Pharisees. Oh, they, they, they don't do this, so, so, so they can't be as saved as I am. They, they, they don't show up for this, so they can't be committed as I am. Oh, so-and-so doesn't give, and it's so hard being the pastor looking at all of the giving statements because I want to be a Pharisee in that moment. Be like, yeah, they must not really believe in this church. But it's not about that. It's really not about that. Listen, at the end of the day, that's you and God's beef, not me and your beef. You and God got to come to terms with that, not me and God and me and you. I just got an assignment to do like you all, and we all do our assignment. But here's the thing. If we, if that is the sum total of our Christianity, we're no better than the Pharisees who say this. If you change, you can join us. But I'd rather be more like Jesus to say, if you follow us, if you hang around us, people in this church, Mosaic Church, that are flawed, imperfect, and practicing Christians, baby, you're going to change. I'm not saying it's going to happen next week. I'm not saying it's going to happen next year. But it's going to happen if you hang around long enough. Because what I do know is that the anointing and the compassion in this place is authentic. 
It's not make-believe. Nobody's forcing it. It is authentic, and it comes from God. Here, I want, I want, I want, I want you all to take some notes so you all can have some stuff to share with your friends and your neighbors and even amongst each other. To follow Jesus. Here, here are four things I want to talk about when it comes to following Jesus, all right? Here are four things I want to share. You can debate it if you want, but I'll tell you, I think I'm right about it. Being a sinner does not disqualify you. It is actually a prerequisite. To be a follower of Jesus, being a sinner does not disqualify you. It is a prerequisite. Prerequisite. How do I know? Well, let's start with the book of Matthew, then jump over to Matthew, and we go Matthew, Mark, then we jump over to Luke, and then John. And in all of those Gospels, not anywhere in there does it say that Jesus chose a Pharisee, a righteous person, to be one of his disciples. I dare someone to, 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 to tell me different. When, when I read the Gospels, I read and see where he intentionally hung out with people that were not accepted. He intentionally broke bread, not just with regular tax collectors. There was a chief tax collector by the name of Zacchaeus that he hung out with. Now, the chief tax collector, he collected more money than a regular tax collector. And Jesus was like, yo, in front of like thousands of people, he was like, let's go have a meal together. Shook the whole world up, all them people that were there like, yo, you're not having meal with, with not just a regular tax collector. You got like a meal with like the richest tax collector in the land at the time. So he was not just hated. He was really hated. He was intentional about hanging out with people, walking through uh, uh, and, and met the Samaritan woman. Jews intentionally avoided that land. They hated the people there so much. They says, I won't even go through their land. Just walking through their land is poo-poo. I don't want to go there. And Jesus was like, I'm going to not only go there, but I'm going to drink from their well just to show you how intentional I am about reaching out to people that everybody else ignored. I don't want righteous people. I want people that are sinners. How do, how, how do I know he came? How do I know he came for sinners? Okay, because y'all, y'all looking at me like, really? It's a prerequisite? Yes. Why? How do I know? Because it says it in Matthew. Watch this. Matthew 9, 12. Well, Matt, no, sorry about that. Matthew 9, 13, uh, chapter 9, verse 9, I mean, verse 13 says this. Then he added, this is Jesus added. Now go and learn the meaning of Scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. Here it is. Here it is. Ready? Catch it. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are what? It's a prerequisite to be a follower of Christ, to be a sinner. And the the easy part is that we are all sinners anyway. I I read your Facebook posts and Instagram, and I'm joking. We're all sinners. As long as we're on this side of heaven, we're not going to be perfect. But isn't that the beauty of our faith is that God gives us chances to be perfect? He, 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 he gives us chances to keep on practicing at perfection that would honor him. Uh, he, he, he keeps on believing in us just enough that, that someday y'all going to get it right. The scary part is once we get it right, that may be our exit point. Right? Now, now listen, that is not license to keep on sinning. If that is you, fix it and let's get right. We all have a goal to get there. It's far better than where we are here. Here, let me help you all out. If we get there, we ain't got no more bills. Sign me up today. Huh? 
No, no, no more children, you know, that you got to fight with in the mornings to get ready. Whoop, sign, sign me up today, Lord. I'm just playing. Let me get that life insurance situation straight. Then sign me up. Number two, being an unbeliever does not disqualify you. Number one is being a sinner does not disqualify you. It is a prerequisite. Number two, being an unbeliever does not disqualify you. You mean I can follow Jesus and not even believe in him? Yep. And I see people like, that's not even possible. It's very possible. How do I know? The Bible tells me so. How do I know? Because the Bible tells me so. Do you all know this? His earliest followers didn't believe in him. Okay, y'all don't believe me? Some of his closest people, it took for Jesus to die, be buried, come back to life, and hang out. Now, that was easy. Honestly, if, I, if, I, if somebody in here dies today, we bury them, and then I see them again, oh, I believe that you, something special about you. It's not much convincing at that point, right? You don't have to, oh, dang, I, I was there. I, I helped put you in the ground, cuz. What are you... Did, <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I'm going to believe. But some of his disciples who hung out with the man for three years, it took for him to die, be buried, and come back before they said, you know what? Okay. Yeah. You're right. He, <laughs> yeah. One of his disciples was such an unbeliever, they gave him a name. Y'all know his name? Doubting Thomas, doubting Thomas. Some of y'all thought that was just a saying. No, that was a real person. He was one of Jesus' disciples. And his name is Doubting Thomas. But were they followers? Anyone want to challenge me on that? I got some money in my pocket on that one. No, they were not. No, they were not. But they still followed. Did they believe in him? They liked him. They believed in the stuff that they saw. They saw real miracles happen. They believed that. Uh, they, they, they believed that he was the Messiah. You know, they believed there was something special about him. But did they really believe, really believe everything that he said about them? And the answer is no. The answer is no. But they still are followers. They still were followers. Jesus said this. He's saying this to us. Listen. I don't care if you don't believe in me now. I, I, I don't care if you ever believed in me as a Messiah. I don't care if you've heard my name and just thought I was a good person. You are still invited to be one of my followers. And, and here's what I want for you to do. Here's what I want you to do. This is what Jesus is saying. Here's what I want. I want you to read those gospels and read my stories. And some of that stuff will be hard for you to swallow. So, so, so don't, don't mess with that just yet. But take those things that are easy for you to digest, and let's start there. Here it is. There were guys who actually saw me do some things, and it took them a long time to believe in me. It may take you your lifetime, but let's start there. Let's walk together. Be my follower. And that's all Jesus is saying. Be my follower. We'll work out the logistics. We'll work out the other stuff. But just come with me and be 
my follower. That's amazing. Here's the third thing I want to share with you. The invitation to follow is an invitation for relationship. The invitation to follow is an invitation for relationship. That's what he wants more than anything. You know, some, some people are like, no, no, but I thought he wanted our hearts. Yeah. You don't give your heart to somebody you're not in a relationship, right? You're not going to just meet somebody like, I'm in love with you. I saw, I, I, I know that love at first sight stuff. You know, y'all read romance novels and watch soap operas and all that stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah, that doesn't really happen. I have love for you. I have to. But am I in love with you when I first meet you? No, it was relationship. It requires relationship. I love my wife after a short period of time, but it took us to be in a real, authentic one-on-one monogamous relationship to really know that this was the woman that God has called for me to spend the rest of my life with. It has to happen in relationship. Some of you all I met for the first time, and I was like, there's something special about this person. I want to be around them. God has anointed them. I really love them as a Christian, but I didn't fall in love with many of you until we began to have authentic fellowship, authentic relationship, authentic encounters with one another. So when I first met you, I'd probably, you know, I wouldn't give my life for you. I'd probably just warn you that something's getting ready to happen to you and say, you better move. Watch out. But some of you I'm so in love with, I wouldn't even warn you. I'd just push you out the way and take the hit for you because I love you that much. Why? Because we've been in relationship together. And God, Jesus wants the same thing, the invitation to follow It's not for you to do stuff. It's not for you to to memorize Scripture. It's not for you to give all of your tithe. It's not for you to just serve. It's to be in a walking every single moment, every single hour, every single day relationship. And when you are in those relationships, everything else happens naturally or organically. When you are in that relationship, we don't have to ask you to get up early in the morning and come help us pray over this sanctuary. When you are in relationship, we don't have to send out emails and beg you to help us set up. When you are in relationship, we don't have to ask you to do anything special because you're not doing it for Broderick. You're doing it for Jesus. That's the relationship you have. When you are in relationship, you're not too tired to help serve. When you're in relationship, you're not too broke to help give. When you are in relationship, you are not too spent in your schedule to help volunteer somewhere. When you are in relationship, you're thinking about honoring God and not honoring the pastor. And when you don't show up, you don't feel you let me down. You feel like you let him down. And the goal is to get each and every one of you to that point. I don't know a single person in here who ain't going through something, but that don't mean you stop doing what you're supposed to do. That don't mean you stop following Christ because you're going through something personally. What he went through trumps everything you're going through now. I'm preaching this morning if I say so myself. Good job, brother. Thank you, sir. You better preach this thing this morning. Being an unbeliever does not disqualify you. The invitation to follow is an invitation for relationship. Here's the final thing. 
following forces you to focus on where you are instead of where you are not. Following forces you to focus on where you, where you are instead of where you are not. If we just wake up every day with the checklist of all the rules that we must adhere to, then we're no different than the Pharisees. That's what made them unique. That's what made them special. They knew the laws better than anybody's business. They were learning them and memorizing them at a very young age. What it means to be a great Jew, a really good Jewish person, what it means to do that. They memorized all that stuff. They were good. They were versed at it. They could quote law on you. They could, they could tell you all about the law right in your face and straighten you out. That's what made them unique. And if, watch this, and if, if we wake up every day and we just got this checklist of all the commands we're going to follow and honor and make sure we don't miss the mark, then we're just like those Pharisees. And we become people that believe right and behave right. And that's not enough. We become people that believe right and behave right. And that's not enough. But here it is. Watch this. But if we begin our day with a focus on simply being the best at following Christ that we can be, we have no room for judgment. We have no room for criticism. We have no room to to step outside of following. If we wake up every day and our prayer is, God, where you lead me, I will go. I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to run away from it. I'm not going to resist it. I'm going to be just like a magnet drawn to it. It's going to be like him pulling me a rope, and I'm just going to trying to fight it, and he's just pulling me along. Where you lead, I will go, and ain't nothing going to stop me from getting there. Not my favorite show, not my best friends, heck, not even my spouse. Where you lead, I will go. Because if I'm following you, I don't have time to be a Pharisee. I don't have time to cast judgment. I love what uh, 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 the phenomenal speaker and preacher and leader Andy Stanley said. He says this. This is so beautiful. I found this thing. He says this. The more conscious I am of the work that God has yet to do in me, the less critical I am of what God has yet to do in you. I remember last week when I was working with the kids down there in the, on Mother's Day, and uh, one of the kids was pointing. He's telling on the other kid about him doing something. He pointed like this. He said, no, 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 he did it. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I says, look at your hand. I said, who are you pointing at? I'm pointing at him. I said, uh-uh, where's your finger pointing? He said, at you. I said, no, it's not pointing at me. I says, look at it this way, and he pointed his finger this way. I said, now put it back. I says, if you notice, that one finger's pointing at me, but there are one Two, three fingers pointing back at you. Instead of blaming other people, instead of criticizing them, instead of looking at other people's faults and shortcomings, they're all going to, I dare you to look in the mirror. Some of y'all might get mad at yourselves. Really look at the mirror. Where am I missing it? Instead of casting judgment on your own people, look at the mirror. Because when you do this, there's three fingers But if you were a different kind of animal, I guarantee there would be more pointing back at you. We all have faults. 
but it's beautiful to know that if we have faults and we are sinners, we are qualified. We are the people that Jesus has called to be his followers. Wow, that's exciting. I love being him. It, it, it reminds me of Paul where he says, he says, I embrace, and I'm paraphrasing here, deal with me here. He says, but I embrace my weaknesses because where I am weak, it gives God uh, his, his grace to be his strongest. When, when we are at our weakest, Jesus is, God is strongest. When we're imperfect, that's where he fits in and makes us perfect, makes us whole. I love that. I embrace my imperfection. I embrace my sins. I embrace my flaws because I'm, I'm a perfect candidate right now for redemption and reconciliation. Over these next couple of weeks, I really want you all to be asking yourselves this. Do Even stretch it. Even stretch it. Watch this. Get a sticky note. Put it on your, on your, on your, on your mirror in your car or, or on, your, on your steering wheel, or, or, and, or, and then even get another sticky note and put it on your mirror at your house, right? And if you work out and you have your own locker at your gym, put it in there. Put it everywhere you go. Watch this. Put it, make it your screensaver, too, on your phone, and I want you to do this. This is what I wanted to say. Am I following? Question mark. Am I following? When you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror, that should be there. Am I following? When you, when you get in your car, am I following? Everything you do, I want you to begin to ask yourself this because I'm going to stretch you over these next several weeks to make you an authentic follower of Christ. But until that, begin to ask yourself, am I following? Here it is. Following is not what you know. Following is not how much scripture you can quote. Following is not how well you serve in your ministry. Following is not how consistently you attend church. Following is not how well you pray. Watch this. Following is not even your obedience. The Pharisees were obedient. They followed the law. They were obedient in following the law. Following is way more than that. Am I following? Following is a call to action. Following is a call to action. You have to do something in order to actually follow. It's like that word love. You actually have to do something to show and prove your love. Following is the same way. In order to follow, you have to do something. You can say you're following all day. Here's the question. Am I following? Am I actively participating in the process of following? Regardless of my belief or disbelief, regardless of my behavior or misbehavior, am I following? And until then, until then and only then, can we really call ourselves followers if we can't answer that question honestly? And if you're like me, when I answered that question honestly, I was like, woo-wee, I got work to do. But you all do too, so I'm not alone. I know all your business. Pray this with me. I want you to write this down. Lord, where you lead, I will certainly follow. 
thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.